Man, what about it, church? So much to thank him for. It's, it's just like, uh, you know, there's been a lot of hard, obviously, but there's some really cool. And now it feels like about every week uh, I'm seeing some of you for the first time in many, many, many months. So every week is like a reunion and it's beautiful. And we, that song, like just everything, right? We want to come into this room, but also our online family who is with us wherever you are, if you're in your pajamas, no judgment, right? Just, man, we're, even the breath in our lungs is a gift from him, right? Every, everything that, we, that we're here today, that, we're, that, that we have the technology to be together online, that you're able to be in the room, whatever your story is, there's nothing there's nothing small, right? A year ago, last end of April, man, we, who knew, right, that we're slowly rebuilding and coming back together, that we're breathing, that we're here. Man, there's so much. Like, and when I say that we're here, it takes on a little extra meaning to me this week that we're here, we being us as church family, but also we being Joan's family, and that you're here. Raise your hand if you spent any time on Interstate 40 in the last seven days. Anybody? All right, a few of you. So you don't even know. You don't even know what you were dealing with because two of my three kids were in-car driver's ed this week for the very first time. And I didn't know what that meant. Like, we've been working a little bit. I thought that meant, you know, kind of back roads, stop, start. So I, I life 360 them, you know, like the GPS. And it's like, okay, how, where they got them taking? Where's this driving instructor taking my precious baby boy and baby girl? There they are on Interstate 40 right? 65 miles an hour. So if you were there, somebody honked at my baby, right? If that were you, I don't want to know because I don't want, but, but that we're here, right? It's the small things and the not, some of you know, like I don't, I, we weren't ready for all that, but we're, we're here, you're here. And in addition to all that, it's not just any Sunday. It's baptism Sunday, right? That is so big. I hope you're clapping at home. If you're with us online, you should have clapped. If not, Go ahead and clap now. It all counts the same if you're at home. We have not had a baptism Sunday in almost a year and a half, church, right? God doesn't mean God hadn't been doing amazing things. We haven't gotten to do what we're to do today, uh, and we're so pumped about it. And this is the end of our series, How Do I Know? We wanted to come out of Easter Sunday and talk about, well, how do I know? Right? So we spent a week talking about how do I know that Jesus raised from the dead? Easter was, hey, everything in life is built on did he raise from the dead or not? Well, how do you know if he did? Right? And then last week we said, how do I know? We talk about the God's word, the word of God. How do I know that it's actually the word of God and not the word of man? So we unpacked that last week. And we're going to finish this series today. And then next week, my main man, our associate pastor, uh, my brother, Ralph Gonzalez, he's going to start us off in a, in a week uh, in a series called Tempted, right? So be ready for that. Unless, unless you've never been tempted, and then you probably don't need this series. Everybody else, we'll see you there. But today, we're not done with how do I know. And today, we're going to ask this question. How do I know God is working? Right? How, how do I know? Because we say that, right? You've heard like God's always working. And, and it's not just people talking. Jesus said it. He's having a conversation with some people in John 5, and he's going back and forth, and it kind of gets a little bit. And he says, hey, my father's always at his work to this, very two, to this very day, and I'm working too. Jesus said, me and my dad, we're always working. 
Right? There's, there's songs that come from this verse. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. In all things God works. So Jesus said, like, there's no interpretation. Like, God's working. That's, that's what scripture claims. But how do we, how do we know that? Right, I'm asking you in this series not to take my word for it. In any series, like we don't do that. We don't, hey, preacher said, so it might, no. How do you know? And let, me, let me talk to both, everybody that I could be listening to this. Later on during the week, online, online, live streaming in the room. Right, there's the skeptic who says, I'm not so sure about this God that you say loves me. I'm not so sure that there's a God that always works. All right, and then there's those of you that would say, no, I believe that. To the skeptic, Right? I'm not sure that God, like that's a really important thing. And how are you going to know that God's working if you're not sure now? God's going to meet you where you are. We're going to get to how he wants to work in your life in a way that you'll have confidence that God is working. But I want to talk to those of you who've been at it for a while, maybe months, maybe years, maybe decades. How do you know? And don't, don't take the easy path. Oh, I know. How do you know? Because I know. Well, how do you know? Because I know. We don't say how. We just say we know. And that's, then we move on to something else. No. Stop for a second. How do you know that there's an invisible God who knows your name and is working today, April 25th, 2021, in your life and in the world? How do you, how do you know that? Do you have any confidence in that? Because here's what I believe. Right? This isn't in Scripture. This is David Jones talking. Here's what I think. I think we got a lot of folks that believe in God. But they don't know that God's still working. Right? They hope. Right? And they love it when they, they think he is. But man, when it's dark and when they're by themselves and they're having trouble sleeping, they feel very alone. They feel, they feel very separated from any kind of plan or work of God. So we're going to speak to that and try to help you, like, how do I know, how can I know that God is always working? And let me start with something that we have to understand. Here's the, here's the first statement. God is for you. God is working for your good, but God does not work for you. Right, you're gonna repeat that after me one phrase at a time. Say that back to me. God is for me. Online, you gotta do this too. Now say, God is working for my good. Now repeat this one. This is the biggest one. But God does not work for me. You get that? He's, he's working in the world. He's working. And, and we're going to get all off the rails right off the bat. Because some of you, when you hear God is always working, what do you think? You think, well, God's working. He's kind of like my personal consultant. He's my personal agent. He's my personal marketer. He's my personal genie. He's my personal. He is a personal God. But he is not your employee, <laughs> right? So those things can both be true. The, the truth is you actually, if you're a follower of Jesus, you actually work and serve him. I'm a servant of the most high God. That's what I am. I'm a servant of the most high God. I'm honored to be that. Let's go. I get to serve the most high God. But he, and he came to serve me on the cross. There's truth in that. But he does not work for me. I work for him, not, not voluntarily, not because I have to, because I want to. So let's, why do we always humans, all right, let me just talk to the humans for a second. 
Why do we always take two things that go together and try to make them in opposition? Right? We, we don't, these things work together. It seems like people want to be on the extremes either. God is, God is for me. You got the God is for me crowd. And then it's like, no, no, no. I work for God crowd. Like both and. God is always working for your good. God is always at work. But God does not work for you as an employee works for an employer. Don't take two things that need to go together and try to make them oppose. We saw that this week. Right? It was a, it was a man, last Sunday seems like more than seven days ago to me. Right? We've, we've been following this trial like, like most of people have. And my son, who was, who was drumming just a little while ago, he, he has never taken much interest in any trial in history, right? But he was watching this trial more intensely than he has anything else. And I was here when I saw the notification on my phone, there's going to be a verdict read in this officer's trial, uh, the murder of George Floyd between 4.30 and 5 o'clock. And I didn't think it would be coming on Tuesday. So I I knew where he was, he was in the gym, and I knew I could get to him and get home, and I wanted, I wanted us to watch that together as a family. So we did, and man, it was such an emotional few seconds of just waiting to see what was gonna come out of that judge's mouth. And when he announced the verdict of guilt, right, it was emotional in our house, and there was tears, and it, and it wasn't happy, Right, it was thankful, it was relief. And we had that moment and then, and then I tried to stay away, I tried really hard to stay away from social media this week. But then I get on and, and people that I know and people that I love from my past, from my history, from my present, and there seem to be these factions. The pro-justice crowd and then the pro-police crowd. Right, which one are you? Right, why do we try to make two things a part that God said go together. So we're a God not of any party political. We're a God of G- we're a church of Jesus Christ. So we are pro-police and we are pro-justice. And we don't ever have to or want to choose between those two things. Right? So we celebrate the God of justice and, and as authorities placed by God, and there's a bunch of them out, but police are included in that when we want them to feel supported. And the, the police officers that are doing the hard work right here, Raleigh, Apex. Fuquay, the ones that we know even come to our church, the the officers that are trying to do an incredibly almost impossible job, they want justice to happen. It actually helps good officers. But let's let's just both and when we can, right? We don't have to choose between those things, just like we don't have to choose. Back to the message, we don't have to choose between, is God for me? Yeah. Is God working for your good? Yes. But don't twist that into, also with that, God does not work for you. Two things working to God. Now, but how do we know? That's the question. Right? How do we know? Here's another thing we've got to understand before we can know. All right? If you know God's word, you've got to understand this. I can't always see it. Right? Because if you think God always working means you'll always see him working. You're going to get, and you see this in life. I see this in, in, in young people and not so young people. They have an assumption that when God is doing whatever he's doing, it will always be visible and known to you. And then if you're like the rest of us, you're going to have some seasons of dryness 
And then when you don't see him working, what is the natural logical assumption? Well, he must not be working because I can't see it. Right, so we gotta, we gotta flush that. There's all kinds of scriptures. Probably the, the easiest one from Corinthians says, we live by faith, not by sight. So he told us in advance, what a good God. He told us in advance, you're not gonna get to see everything. You're gonna have to walk by faith. You're not gonna get to see, you're gonna have to trust God in that step. Some of you right now, I could talk for 30 minutes about what you need to do in your life and I would be totally wrong, but I know the God who's always working and he's alive and his spirit is in the room and in your heart and in your living room. Some of you know right now what God would call you to do. It's not a sight move. It is a faith move. And there's probably some people in your life that would be like, what? You're doing what? That lifestyle of walking by faith, you know, that's the power of God. You're like, if you're, if you're getting messed with right now, like I think I know the faith step that God wants me to take, that ain't me. That's the living God and he's active. We just don't always see it. Now we're not, we talk about this in the series, we don't walk by blind faith. Some people think that's what Christianity is, just like blind faith, you know, you just do it. No, no, no. It is faith built on something. That's what this series like. You need to know what you know so that you can take the steps of faith he's called you to. But you got to know up front, you won't always see him working. But in that statement that you don't always see it implies something wonderful. You will see sometimes, right? It doesn't say you'll never see. It just say sometimes. We can't see God at work, but that means sometimes we can, right? And we got to hold on to those beautiful things, right? God called his shot in so many ways. Here's a little beautiful paragraph in Hebrews talking about the way we know. This is a how do I know paragraph. It says, it was declared at first by the Lord. That's how it started. Jesus said it, did it, showed up, died, rose, and it was then attested to by those who heard it, right? So then eyewitnesses, we've talked about that. While God also bore witness, here's the next level. He bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Signs, wonders, gifts, miracles. You see those, right? Those are not invisible. Most of the times they're real life things. And God said, hey, it's about Jesus. It's about the witness of Jesus. It's about scripture. We've talked about that. But also God said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bear witness. I'm going to help you out. Not, not as a genie. I'm not going to, hey, do this for me, God. No, no. But I will show up in supernatural miracle power gifts in my church. He's still that God, right? Still speaks still works, still does miraculous, unexplainable things, right? And we can't always see it. But just because you can't always see it doesn't mean that you never get to see it, right? Some people take that, hey, you can't always see it, and you just give up. Well, it's not there. No, it's there. You don't always see it, but sometimes you do. And we have to go back, church. You have to go back in your life. I don't know your story or your timeline, but there was a time for most of you. Now, if you're not in this group, man, we're so glad you're here. Hang with us and you'll have your own. Most of you in this room, most of you watching online, you have a moment where you saw God work in your life. You can remember it. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was a long time ago. But you have it. It was here. 
I saw God work, but I don't know where he's at now. Listen, here's what it is. You got to remember this and you got to let what he did do and what you did see be the bridge to get you to where you're going to see him work again. Right. And it doesn't mean he's not working in the middle. He absolutely is. You just don't see it. And I'm not asking you to have blind faith. Oh, he must be working even though I don't see it. No, what I want you to do is remember what he already did. What he already did is the gasoline is going to get you across the bridge because we all have moments where like, God, where in the world are you? And you just drive off the road and give up on Jesus and his church and the life and just live for you? No, you keep going. Why? Because what fuels you is what you already see, saw God do. There's an enemy that wants you to forget the amazing power of what Jesus already did in your life. What he did is going to fuel you in this middle ground to get you to the next thing. You'll see him work again. The whole point of the enemy is for you to think, oh, that was a one-time deal. He's done. There's nothing more coming. Right? And we give up right before that breakthrough so often. Right? God's going to show up in a way you can see it. If you're in this season where I can't see it right now, just hold on and go back to what he did, and that'll get you to what he's going to do. God's at work. I can't always see it. But here's the, the bigger point, number three. It's hard to see when I'm not looking for. Right? Don't point fingers, but is there somebody in your house when you say, it could be a kid, a spouse, an uncle, a nephew, or whatever, is there somebody in your, in your world where you say, hey, go to the garage and get me a Phillips head screwdriver? that there's very little chance they'll come back with a Phillips head screwdriver? <laughs> Is there somebody in your house, if you say, if you're in the kitchen, you could say, hey, I need this ingredient. Can you bring me the powdered sugar from the third shelf of the pantry? Is there somebody in your house that there's, it's a small miracle if they come back with the right thing? <laughs> you know what we're talking about? Sometimes I'm that guy. My wife, let's, let's, let's do a hypothetical. This, this didn't really happen, right? Just in theory. My wife says, hey, can you grab the vinegar from the pantry? Because I'm, she's doing her thing and yeah, I got you, honey. And this has happened enough times that now like I'm really focused. Vinegar, pantry. I'm coming back with the vinegar, right? And then I ask some clarifying questions. Hey, can you give me a little, what, 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 am, I, what do I look like? Vinegar, like, uh, you know, glass bottle. Glass bottle, I think it's on the left side. Vinegar, right? Got it. I'm in the pantry. Doggone it. I just want one time where I see it immediately, right? And I'm looking and vinegar, right? And I'm looking at a big bottle and it's vinegar. I'm looking like vinegar and honey or vinegar or something. I'm just, there's not that many clear bottles. And, and, um, and at, some, she needs it. at some point, she usually comes in, hypothetically. She comes in and then she's like grabs it off the shelf, and she's kind and gentle about it, hypothetically. Um, and, and just hypothetically, I've got what we were looking for here. In that, this is balsamic vinegar. Technically a bottle, yes. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands and see whose side you're on, because that would be wrong. But, but when this is filled up, it's, yes, it is a glass bottle, but it doesn't look like I was looking for a clear. I didn't know vinegar was dark like that. I don't even know what balsamic. I've never been to balsamic. I guess that's where it's from, the country of balsamic or whatever that means, right? So in my world, it's like, how would I get this out of bottle of vinegar, right? I'm right, right? That's hard, that's a hard, right? But the problem is I didn't know what I was looking for. 
So if you don't know what you're looking for, it's really hard to see it. I had a version of vinegar, hypothetically, I had a version of vinegar in my mind and I felt like she gave me bad instructions because I couldn't find what I thought I was looking for. We are really good at taking this amazing, never stops working in your life God and then shrinking him down to what we think he should look like. And then we get upset when we don't see him. We don't get to decide how he works, where he works, what he does, how he looks. He's always working, but if you want to redefine God in your own image, in your own private, little, safe, predictable, God, American kind of way, then good luck finding him. But if you'll expand God to see him and and let him work how he wants to work, which guess what, is better than what I wanted him to do anyway, and it's real, then you will find him. We have got to do better at looking, looking for God working. Right? Some of us, we, we, just, we sit there like, all right, God, if you're real, show me the money, right? Show me like, hey, you gotta, sometimes you gotta work to see, and he will show up in that. He'll meet you more than halfway. And in this series, I've recommended some books, and it's so encouraging, right, as we come back to, to meeting um, in person again, and and it's not every week, and, and don't feel any kind of pressure, but, but in this series, I've recommended some books. And when I have conversations or see or find out that some of you, not for me, but because you're pursuing what God's doing, you're, you're ordering these books and you're reading them, it's kind of like the follow-up. Hey, yes, Sunday is good, but I need more of that, right? It's going back to that sacred rest book that some of you now have read and really like changing your life of how to live this lifestyle of rest. And um, a book uh, last week called God Breathe. And And I want to recommend another book this week. It is a hard, hard read. I don't, I'm not a, I cry at sports, right? I'll cry at a sports commercial. I'm not a big crier outside of that. This is the only book in recent memory, at least, that I remember crying as I read this book. It's called Choosing to See. It's by Mary Beth Chapman. It is a, like, please let me give you this advance. Like, it is a hard read. It's a true story of just tragic, worst nightmare stuff and how, Mary Beth Chapman is making the case that she had to come to a point where she chooses to see God even in the worst. It is powerful. I recommend that to you. Just, just let's decide, right? We, we can go and make God our little version, or we can be excited this week. Man, I'm going to see God working. He, he will. Like, we're not faking it. We're not saying he's not working. Let's pretend like he is. We're saying he is working. Let's just open our eyes to find that in your life. I don't care who you are, where you are, 12 year old, young man, uh, 84 year old woman and everybody in between, like choose to see. And it comes from a place of, of gratitude, right? We, we sing this and we sing to get our hearts and to set our week on. I'm going to live out of gratitude of what God's done for me. That's the beginning of everything, right? And sometimes we can be so selfish. There's a an event in scripture where Jesus came across these lepers and leprosy in the first century is just brutal. You couldn't live with your family. It was just awful. And everybody ran for them because it was contagious. And, and Jesus healed these lepers and nine of them were like, thank you, back to life, running to see their people, which is great. Go see their people. But then they just went on and we don't hear from them again. One of the, one of the people that was healed came back 
found Jesus and, and thanked him. Right? That, that's, so, that's so cultural even today on Baptism Sunday. Some, some people have been rescued from, by Jesus and their life has changed and Jesus has entered their life and it's amazing. And sometimes we, sometimes I, man, thank you. And then I go do my life. Where if you want to see God work, man, you live in this constant, I'm so thankful. Even the breath in my lungs is from you. And I'm going to thank you and I'm going to tell you and I'm going to talk about it. See, we can't, we can't forget to connect the healing to the healer. Right? We can't, we can't separate the victory from the victory giver. We can't separate the grace from the giver of grace. We love grace. Grace is amazing, but don't forget grace came from somebody. We can't separate the miracle. Oh, we love a miracle. I believe in miracles. God still works miracles, if you didn't know. Do not separate. Don't fall in love with the miracle over the miracle worker. Don't get more excited about the way than the way maker. Right? The one who makes the way, like when God just works and just blesses and just favors and just does in your marriage what you never thought, does in your kids, does in your life, does in your dorm, does in your job, does in your whatever, whatever, whatever. When he does in your soul what you never, when you're connected to Jesus like you never were, don't fall in love with the thing or the circumstance or the answer. Make sure you connect it back to the source. And then you get to see him work. And sometimes, like Jesus with the leper, sometimes it's, it's immediate. Isn't that awesome? God can do that. God can change your life in a weekend. You've been praying, and then just boom, God shows up, breakthrough. Woo, man, that is amazing. We tell those stories, and they're awesome. But more often, or just as often at least, it's gradual. It's God doing amazing things gradually in partnership with you and relationship with you. One of the cool things as we come back together as a church is I'm seeing some of our young people that I haven't seen in months or nine months. And it's like, whoa, what happened to you? Right? They, they just, and I tell their parent like, wow, what happened to Junior, man? Like he looks like a, like a man. He was a boy. Now he's a man in, a, in under a year. Like, whoa. And, and parents usually say, yeah, you know, I... I don't notice it as much. Why? Because I see them every day. Right? That's, that's a lot of, don't, don't, don't lock in the miracles of God working to only the leper came, leper's been a leper, leper's healed. Those are still happening. Those are real. We love those. But don't lock it into just that. It's bigger than that. Sometimes, man, it's just sticking with him. It's just grinding and pounding and being relentless for him like he was for you. And sometimes you don't even notice it because you're in it every day. And all of a sudden you back up and you need a brother or sister to say, dude, you're different. Dude, you're not who you were. Why? Because God's working. Some of us, can we be real? Some of us are hesitant to trust him for a miracle, whether it's the gradual or the immediate. Some of us don't even pray those prayers. Maybe it's a background thing. 
Maybe somebody told you, maybe it's just human nature that if I pray for something crazy right now, if I pray for the thing that it looks like logically cannot happen for me or my life or my marriage or my world or whatever, if I pray for miracles, I don't want to set myself up to be crushed. Humans crush me all the time. I'm not going to let God crush me, so we don't even ask, which is not the heart of God. God keeps telling us, hey, you come with me. Ask it in my will, but you can ask me crazy stuff. I'm a crazy God. I specialize in the crazy. But some of us don't even come to him that way because we just don't want to get disappointed. I get that. And this isn't a cliche. That's why we pray. Lord's Prayer, in your will. Right? When my dad was sick, I prayed. I prayed hard. I prayed that God would heal him, take the cancer away, and he would be with us for a long time on this earth. My dad died of cancer. But I'm so glad I prayed what I prayed. I'm so glad I believed that God could and would. Does that make me wrong? I don't think so, right? Because in that I was praying because I'm praying for what I want, but it's not just what I want because remember, God doesn't work for me. He's working for my good and my dad's good and his church. He's doing all that, but he doesn't work for me. So what I wanted was my dad to live and be here today on Baptism Sunday to join us, right? But there's also other things involved. There's also what's best for my dad. As much as I know my dad loves me, my family, Relentless Church, he would not take the trade if offered to come back and be with us today and leave where he's at. He wouldn't. In addition to what I think is best and what's best for my dad, there's also this enormous group or bucket that I have no idea about, which is what's best for God's kingdom and God's glory. And we just have to admit as humans, we see so little of what's best for God's kingdom and God's glory. So what would have been best for me in my little world, that's easy. And that's what I prayed for, hard. But, but somehow, some way, what was best for my dad and bigger than that, what was best for the glory of God. And somehow, some way, God's gotten all kinds of glory. And me talking about it today is another stone in that enormous wall of God getting glory for the faith in which my dad left this earth. But don't take that to be like, oh, well, God's going to do what he's going to do. No, he wants to involve you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be with you. And he wants you to pray and trust him. And I guarantee you through all that, sometimes it'll be something so different than what you thought. And sometimes he will show up in miracles. It's just the lens you pray it through. Everything we do here. Have you heard this before? We're a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. Come on, church. It's not just some fun words. There's nothing in my contract. I don't have a contract, by the way. There's nothing in my contract that makes me contractually obligated to say that each week. It's who we are. We're centered on the gospel. What is the gospel? Here's how we define it. The incredible news, it really means good news, but good is not a word today in 2021 that really captures what we're talking about. So it's incredible, incredible, life-changing, life-altering, never-go-back news of what? Of my rescue and adoption by God through Jesus. We see everything through the lens of rescue and adoption. Rescue. Right? That's the gospel. That's what makes, we did this whole losing my religion. That's what makes this different. Every religious, is a, a religious effort to get to God and, and the gospel is you'll never get to him. You're not good enough. You never will be and neither will I. 
that we all have rebelled from the first humans all the way through. We all, and some of you are like, no, I've never rebelled. Like, I've done some stuff, but I've never, no, you've rebelled. In your heart and in your life, you have been rebellious towards a holy, perfect God who loves you, who loved you enough to say, here's what's best for you. Here's what holiness looks like. Here's what I want for you. And we have all fallen short. We've all rebelled against that. And he knew we would. And because he knew we would, he had a plan to rescue us. And the deal is there's no goodness. There's no act. There's no coming to church, giving money. There's no sin to stay away from. There's no path which gets you back to God on your own effort. You're helpless and hopeless and headed to hell. That's your story. And if you don't understand that, then when we sing about rescue and talk about rescue, it's going to be like, hey, you know, yeah, I've been rescued, I guess. Like I rescued like, you know, one time I was, I was, I was in the drive-thru and I went to Zaxby's and they forgot the Zax sauce. But man, my, 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 my girlfriend, man, she loves, she went back, she rescued me because you can't eat that meal without, no, that's not what we're talking about. That ain't rescue. No, we're talking about I was hopeless and helpless and headed to hell with no path, no prayer, no act, no nothing. And God sent Jesus to get me. That will change your week, much less your life. We're rescued, but it doesn't stop there. When we get to watch these amazing stories and baptisms here in a few minutes, and just so you know, and I think this is true today, I'm going to make it true, even if it's not. If, if you want to get baptized today and you didn't even know you want to get baptized today, what does that mean? It means you're surrendered. It doesn't mean you believe in God. It has nothing to do with this. Baptism is this beautiful picture. Jesus was on a cross covered or taking our sins. He died, was buried like every other human. But the difference was he rose from the dead, validating everything he'd said and done, showed us, brought us into new life, right? On a cross, boom, came up new life. He gave us, God gave us this demonstration, illustration of a surrendered life. When you're ready to commit your life, not believe in him, but trust in him as Lord and Savior, then you participate with Jesus in baptism. You're buried and you come up and plug into that new life. When, when that happens here in a little bit, if you want to make that decision or talk about that decision, you're like, well, I, I think I would like to do that. I didn't bring anything. I'm sorry, we got you, right? That's the part I'm not sure is true. I'm pretty sure it's true. We got, we got clothes. We've had clothes before. Things have been moving around. We'll find you. We got bathing suits and towels and underwear, everything. That, and if we don't, then we'll get it from somebody and tell you that it's, you know, we won't tell you the whole story. But you know what I'm saying? We got you. But we know we got some folks that are getting baptized today, and we celebrate that because rescue is never, like if you've ever been rescued, it's never small. It's never like, how was your week? Yeah, it was all right. Anything big happened? I mean, I was rescued from a burning building. No, big. no rescue always is a huge deal. But the people we're about to see baptized, it doesn't stop. It's actually the very, very, very beginning of their story. That's why we have that. It's all from scripture, but in our statement and description of the gospel, the rescue and adoption. He just doesn't rescue and clean you up. It's like, now you don't have to worry. No, it's not just that. It's better. It's a holy father saying, now you're in my family. Now I adopt you with me. I worked at a funeral home for three years. It's a family funeral home. I wasn't in the family. They treated me like I was. They were great folks. But man, that, when somebody dies in that family, the next generation kind of, it's the family business. You're kind of in it. That's how it is, right? Tough business to be in. 
Because it's every day, it's about death. Well, we have been adopted into our father's family business, and praise God, it ain't about burying people. It's about seeing people get a new life. You ever been to a funeral? Casket up here, we've had something. You ever been to a funeral where the dead woman or man gets up and starts shaking hands? Me neither, right? That's what we are plugging into. Like, if you come and join us, you don't have to, right? We're going to dismiss. You do your thing. We'd love to have you out here in the cafe. Uh, Make sure to pick up your kids before you join us, right? But if you join us, man, when you see a baptism, you don't even have to know the person, right? It's death becoming life. It's a big deal. They're rescued, not just to be rescued, but rescued to be adopted into the family of God, right? In that funeral home family, like that's their family business. If you've got their last name, like that's you. You now have the name of God and our family business is to get to spread the love and grace of Jesus to a hurting, broken, dark world. You're in on that. It's not, I didn't get rescued so I could just feel good about being rescued. Now I'm going to go live my life. No, you got rescued and adopted into a family. You got brothers and sisters and we're living on mission until we get to the forever that we're focused on where it's just us living forever with no death, no end, no hell, no sin. Until then, who in your week? You want to talk about seeing God work? You got to understand that you're plugged into the mission of God. You want to see God work this week? Believe that he wants to love somebody through you. You will not be able to live seven days without missing the working of God. Remember when Jesus, and if you haven't studied or read much about Jesus, then then check this out. They were all out walking in the middle of nowhere, and they realized they'd walked too far away from the city where they could get food. And it was getting late because Jesus kept talking and teaching. You know how preachers can be, right? And, and, and they're like, well, well, we don't have any food. And he says, what do you got? And I always forget if it's two loaves and five fish or five loaves and two fish. Either way, they had two of something and five of something, right? And then Jesus, whatever he did, and boom, all this fish and loaves started and they fed everybody. And again, if I'm Jesus, thank God I'm not. If I'm Jesus and I'm doing that miracle, I'm skipping the part where I asked for the two loaves and five fish. You know what would be even more cool? Boom. Food everywhere. I don't need what you got. I'm Jesus. Right? And he didn't need what they got. But that is the heart of God. He would rather take our pitiful what we have and then turn it into something amazing. Right? So he could go save and love everybody. He could show up. He does that. He can do that. That's not his preference. What does he love, church? He loves to use whatever little gifts, whatever little love, whatever little influence, whatever little job, whatever little neighbor, whatever little something you can give him, and he will work through that for the blessing of others. That gets you excited to go live. This ain't the thing. This ain't the game. NFL, they play on Sunday. We don't play. This is our huddle. This is our pregame before we go live the lives God's called us to live. And if you want, if you struggle, when I said, when, you, when I showed the title today and you were like, oh, I need to hear it because I don't know that God's always working. Maybe what you're missing is this seeing yourself as a soldier, as a missionary, as a brother, as a sister, as a son or daughter of the king who's rescued you and adopted you to now be at work for him in his kingdom, based on love and grace. These baptisms today, we give God all the glory. It's all about these people and Jesus, all about that. But part of their story, you'll hear a little bit maybe, somebody invited them. 
Somebody invested them, and those somebodies, they would say, oh, I didn't do my own, whatever. They were used by God. God was at work, and he used a human being because he'd launch our two loaves and our fish to do what he's going to do. That's what he loves to do. It's powerful. God can use you in somebody's, God can, God's going to change your life. You don't change life. I don't change life. He does. But God wants to use you to change somebody's life. You're going to talk to somebody this week that in our busyness and distraction will just be a conversation you got to get through. But if you'll slow down and believe this, you'll actually have a chance to speak life-changing love to somebody. You have no idea how broken the people God's going to put in front of you this week. And we get to see how. Kind of the story of our church. Most people are like, how'd you get to Relentless? Well, somebody said I should. And you know what? We got a few this morning. You know what their story is? How'd they get to Relentless? Nobody invited them. They Googled. God always, God uses Google now. At least here, we got people Googling Relentless Church or local church or what church is near me. We got people Googling multi-ethnic church. I need to find a multi-ethnic church and there's not a whole lot of options and they end up here. Like, we'll take all that, right? God is at work through the internet, through Google, and through you. Here's God's plan for your life. Part one, be rescued, right? If you've never been rescued, there's nothing else that matters. You gotta accept and put your faith in what Jesus did for you. Part two, be adopted. You're rescued and adopted. You gotta understand I'm a son or daughter. I'm part of a family and we got work to do and we get to do it together through the Holy Spirit. Part three through a million, the rest of your life after rescue and adoption is in living on mission, representing the love and grace of God to anybody who comes in your path. And there will be moments on that path, I promise. And I don't think God's working right now. It's something's wrong with him or something's wrong with me because I don't feel it, I don't see it, I don't even smell it. And in those moments, you fall back. You know what? He is working. He doesn't work for me. He works for my good. And I'm not always going to see it, but I'm going to remember when I did see it to get me when I'm going to see it again. And I got to make sure I know what I'm looking for and not making God to be what I want him to be, but make him what he really is and just love people and let him use me. And as I do that, I'll see him working through me. You will. Even when we don't feel it and see it, he makes ways. And we got, I don't know, we'll find out. If you want to join us, here's what's going to happen. When, we, when I say amen, a few of us are going to go on back through these doors and we're going to get changed because the water's uh, warmer than it's been in the past. Praise God. And we're going to get changed. If you want to get in on that and we don't know that you want to get in on that, come on back. We'll figure it out. I promise. All right. For everyone else, you, you need to have a moment with God. We invite you to join us out here. But before we get to that, you need to have a moment of God. Do you know that God is always working? And if you know that God is always working, that is going to affect how you live this week. Let the lyrics and the truth of this song change your week. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you're always working. And God, I don't even need to believe it. That's awesome. God, we can totally not believe that you're working and you still work in that. You work in our doubt. You work in our mess. You work in our sin. You work in our selfishness. You work in our pride. But God, you love to partner with us. And our part right now is to trust you, to surrender to you. God, for those in the room and those online that, man, they're not feeling it. They don't feel you. They don't even know if we're praying. Some, God, they don't even know if you're hearing what we're praying right now. I pray you would come to their hearts and minds. 
Remind them why you rescued and adopted them. God, for those that have never been rescued, I pray you'd flood them with your love and your truth. And if today is their day, God, that you would call them out of this room to get changed and to get into the waters of baptism. God, we thank you for the lives we're about to see. But right now, God, I just pray that we would sit, sit in the truth of these lyrics. Thank you that they're true. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're getting baptized, please join me.